Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris. With me, as always, is TJ and Jacob. Jacob is on the road today, driving home from a bachelor party, wearing sunglasses, clearly not hungover, because he did nothing but drink water the entire weekend. But joining I'm actually us today, not hungover. Okay. <laughs> there is the shocker of the day. But uh, joining <laughs> us today, we have a special guest. He's been with us before, absolute friend of the podcast, a friend in real life, Matt Porter from the Boston Globe. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good. I mean, like today's like the last day that I actually I'm going to feel like a human being, probably. Um, <laughs> I remember I don't know if you guys were uh, paying attention to the Boston Bruins in 2019, but they went on this run um, that left them uh, three periods short of a Stanley Cup. And after game seven, when they had their souls taken from them uh, on home ice, I was like delirious. So like, I remember writing that game story, my eyes are blurring. So like, I'm like, just, I, I, if everything goes well for them and who knows if it will, cause it's, cause it's hockey. I'm expecting that kind of thing this year. Again, it's going to be a mess, but fun. Yeah. Fun. There is no better way to describe, especially the first round of the NHL playoffs, right? They're just the best. Like there are very few things that compare to it in terms of yearly sports. I know we talk about it, like world cup, like, the first round of the World Cup's incredible, like opening of the Olympics. But like the first couple days of the NHL playoffs where you just have games nonstop, staggered starts finally from like seven to midnight or even later if we get overtime games, like there's just nothing better. Yeah, it feels so right. It's like because you've spent, you know, however many days, some, you know, some matchups we know, obviously, Toronto, Tampa, that kind of thing. Like we, nobody needs to break that down you know, more than a few ways, but, you know, all of a sudden you're like, all right, who's Connor going to go up against, you know, like what, what are the stars that like, what's Jason Robertson going to look like? Like is, is Kaprizov healthy? What's he like all of these questions in your head entering the first round. And then all of a sudden it's like, now we got games to watch. And and what are the first adjustments that are going to be made? Like, it's just all so cool. And like, I, I, I can't get enough of it. I wish I could watch more of the playoffs beyond the series that I'm covering, but you just have to dive so deep into that first round series, especially um, that, you know, you really don't have a lot of time to do anything other than catch up, you know, with highlights and stuff like that. But it is just a fantastic time to be a hockey person. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And in case it wasn't absolutely obvious, Matt's here today to break down the Boston Bruins side of this Panthers versus Bruins playoff matchup. Panthers and five, by the way. Mm-hmm. but yeah we're, we're they will be they it. will be playing a game five i think yes that's true yeah we'll, we'll get into that more but um <laughs> yeah it's definitely going to be panthers and five the last thing i want to talk about in terms of the whole playoff atmosphere we were one miami heat choke away from having two boston south florida series how amazing would that have been pretty good it's always fun i i mean for me personally i love it obviously because i don't know how many listeners know but you know i worked in in South Florida for nine fantastic years and, and still miss it and lived in Miami for five years. And, uh, you know, if people don't know, and Alex and I have a, a history of playing at Kendall Ice Arena together. Um, I don't know how you continue to play after I got your ass so many times. I, I, I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> hang them up, but 
Um, you know, those were just great times. And so I, I just, I, I feel such a personal connection and, and love for, for Miami and South Florida and, and, you know, Palm Beach County where I lived before I moved down to Miami. Um, and the Canes obviously go Canes. Uh, what a season for them on the basketball court, especially. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's always, it's a weird rivalry. Like it's like, it's this kind of rivalry that I think both sides have this like healthy disrespect for each other where it's like, yeah, we don't think about you. We don't care about you. But it's like, yeah, you do. Of course you do. Yeah. The, the best way to put it is uh, Mike Schur, who's a frequent guest on the Dan Levitard show. He watches two basketball teams. He watches the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat just because he hates the Miami Heat so much. And it, but that's exactly the way this rivalry is. And we only get it in three sports and basketball, football, and a, and a little bit in hockey. But it's just like, oh, we don't ever think about it. We don't ever think about you. But yeah, we all secretly hate each other. They're they're yeah. both they're both tra- both cities are trying to be the Don Draper in the elevator meme. You know, yes. I feel sad for you. I don't think about you at all. Both sides think they're Don Draper. <laughs> but we're all really uh, what's the other guy's name? Oh. The only thing I remember is uh, Hell's Bells, Trudy. That's like my, my favorite quote of his. <laughs> the guy just overacted it so much. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, I don't think about you at all. But no, we're all really that guy thinking nothing but just how we're going to take the other side down. That's right. And I mean, that's the the state of the Bruins right now. Like anybody can say, oh, we're not thinking about them. We're not thinking about them. But let's be real. They just hit a regular season record for most wins in a regular season, most points in a regular season too, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. Everybody's looking at them. They're the prohibitive favorites. They've got the target on their backs and they start their inevitable quest to the cup and or their inevitable being the president's trophy winner and still somehow not winning the championship uh, disappointment with the Panthers. And let's start with this. If you had to say, because going into Thursday, obviously the Bruins were going to be the one seed, but the Panthers, it could have been them. And it also could have been the Islanders. And maybe a few days before that, it could have been the Penguins. Which one of those teams do you think the Bruins wanted to face the least? And like, where are the Panthers in there? The Panthers are for, I, I would say, solidly in the middle. I think okay. the, the team that they wanted to face was the Penguins because the Penguins just have been just ridiculously bad at times. Like they're the Penguins floor was the lowest of all teams. Their ceiling was probably the lowest as well of those three teams you're talking about. Um, the Bruins have just run over them this year or, you know, have had these games where they came back to win it, you know, and just, just took lead out, took um, erased deficit after deficit against the Penguins. So like, I think the, the belief that they could beat the Penguins was so high given what the Penguins don't have beyond Crosby and Malkin and Gensel and Rust, you know, and Latang on the back end. I mean, there's just there's just nothing there in goal. There's nothing there in the back end beyond Latang. So they were very exploitable. And the Panthers, you know, the Islanders were the team they didn't want to face. I think just because Sorokin can steal a game or two, and you know you're walking out of there with a bunch of ice bags. So I think it was going to be this the heavy grinded out series where, you know, maybe they're out of that series thinking how good are we really offensively if we just got you know pushed around and our power play didn't beat Sorokin we didn't find a way against this team I think they would leave that series I think they would beat the Islanders maybe in like six games and they would probably leave that series thinking how good are we really you know 
the Panthers, for me, they're in the middle just because of the high-end talent. Their ceiling would be the highest of, of those those three teams. You know, they have the two biggest, you know, beyond Crosby, obviously, but, you know, the biggest problems to, to match up with in, in Kachuk and, and Barkov. I mean, just, just two fantastic players um, with Kachuk having an MVP caliber season. He'll... I'm gonna. I have an MVP ballot. He's gonna. He's gonna find his way on there for sure. Just for for what he's done this year, um, you know. And Barkov has just been a premier player for so long, and, and they get respect from the from the Bruins certainly. Obviously, Ekblad as well. I don't think the Bruins know what to make of the goaltending and really, you know, the the, the back end, uh, you know, beyond Ekblad and 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 probably Montour. So it's it's a tough matchup. Obviously, the way the season series has gone. You know, you'd say it's a tough matchup. I don't know that the Bruins put a lot of stock in those games and and how it unraveled for them a few a few times. Uh, I, I'm not totally sure that you know that they're scared of the Panthers. I don't think they're scared of anybody, but you know, definitely they look up and down the lineup and and see some of the speed. You know, uh, really up until like the third line, um, and see what some of the Panthers fourth liners have done against them, you know, the, what they were able to do in the regular season. And I think they consider it a pretty tough matchup, but for me, you know, not as physical um, goalies, not as good as the Islanders and Panthers are just way better than the Penguins. Yeah. Matt, you kind of touched on something that I did actually want to dive a little deeper into. And that is kind of this, this seeming mirror match that we have going for us between Barkov and Kachuk versus Bergeron and Marchand. Uh, I, I think that that, that model, they, like the, the pairs there kind of play very similar styles. You got your 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 perennial Selkie candidate. I mean, they should rename the Selkie the Bergeron at this point, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. Your perennial your perennial Selkie candidate versus your ninety plus point pest of a winger. And and that, that matchup is something I'm really interested to see in a playoff atmosphere. Uh, and I'd be really interested to get uh, get just your take on on what I'm considering that top talent mirror match. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and, and really, this and this should make Panthers fans smile and feel great about where they are. I mean, Bergeron and Bergeron and Marchand are, are old now. I mean, Barkov and Kachuk are the future. You know, I mean, they are they are going to be the premier players of the next ten years. Um, you know, I always think of Barkov as, you know, maybe a little bit kind of younger than he really is just because he's been in the league for so long now. But he's got plenty of runway left as a, as a premier, um, you know, point a game plus player while playing Selkie caliber defense and, and just winning faceoffs and, you know, being the, the quiet leader that he is. I, I Side note on him, you know, when they named him captain, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But is he really a captain? Like, is he really that personality? And it's just, it just seems to work. You know, he just, he's such a good player. He's so good in so many areas that you can't help but follow him. Um, you know, if you're in that locker room, but I mean, Kachuk is, Marshan's had a tough season. You know, I mean, I, I think if you're looking at, I hate to say, you know, that like those, that, that Barkov and Kachuk are better than Marshan and Bergeron. Cause I'm not sure that they are when you get down to it, but those guys on the Bruins are older and banged up. You know, I mean, Bergeron might not even start the series. Um, you know, he's been rested a little bit. He's got an upper body injury that he's been dealing with. What we're told is that it's something that he has been managing for the last few years. You know, it's kind of something that flares up. I, I have my my thoughts on what it might be. You know, he's had elbow trouble. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's something else. Um, you know, he doesn't like to talk about it, obviously. 
And Marshan, you know, he's coming off a double hip surgery. I, I give him a lot of credit for playing as much as he as he has this year and being as good as he has been this year. But he's well below his standard uh, this year. And, you know, I mean, it really took for the Bruins to be this dominant offensively. I mean, it took pretty much everybody stepping up around uh, Bergeron and Marshan and, and David Krejci, who came back this year. You know, this wasn't the story of, of the last few years with the Bruins where they've been so top heavy. You know, everybody talked about the, I hate this term, but the perfection line uh, with Pasternak, you know, and Bergeron and Marchand. You know, this has really been David Pasternak reaching, you know, supernova level and, and scoring 113 points, I think, and 61 goals. And everybody else basically leveling up and finding a way to be a, a bigger contributor offensively and, def- and defensively, like a Trent Frederick. Nick Foligno having a bounce back year, Pavel Zaka becoming a legitimate top six center, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi coming in late, Garnet Hathaway coming in late. You know, guys that they were hoping, you know, would would would, you know, the guys that were there, they were hoping would reach another level, and they and they really did. That's kind of the story of this team this year, and the way it all came together in such a dominant fashion. It wasn't about Brad Marchand dragging them into the fight like he always does. It wasn't about Patrice Bergeron. You know, being the dominant player that he always, you know, has been. He, he's been very good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like you know he put the team on his back. So when I look at the Panthers, I see Barkov and Kachuk having the ability to do that, and I think that's something that that the the, the Bruins are obviously going to have to contend with. Um, you know, especially if you're dealing with, you know, Barkov on one line, Kachuk on the other. You know, and they come together on the power play. It's uh. It's a tough matchup. And you brought up the Bergeron thing, which is what I was going to follow up. But what exactly can you say? Like when you say he might not start the series, is it, hey, they might not play him game one? Is this a thing that they're expecting? Is this just flare up in the last week of the season and now it's got to be dealt with? Or and, I'm, and, I, and I don't use this lightly. Or is it Boston feels comfortable about where they are and they think, hey, you know, we can sacrifice him game one, still think we can win the game and take the series in five or six, but we need those extra couple of days to get him healthy. Or is this just, he can't go. Yeah, I think he can go. I, I think if, if, you know, he's been rested, he doesn't need to practice. You know, he's at that stage, obviously he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to go out for a, you know, a, a Friday practice when game one is Monday, uh, Saturday practice, you know, he, he was off the ice again today, a little bit concerning, but he could slot into the lineup on a morning skate and, you know, just get his legs going and, and be okay. So, this could all be moot if he practices tomorrow morning uh, as we record this on Sunday in advance of game one on Monday. You know, I, I, there, there's really no adjustment for him. Um, you know, he's, he's such a pro and has been doing this so long. So, I mean, that's not to dodge the question. I, I just don't know. I don't know how bad it is for him. He's somebody that, you know, on the 2013 Stanley Cup final, everybody thought that he was, you know, a little off. And then we found out, oh, actually, he was playing through broken rib, punctured lung, broken collarbone. Like, it, it, it just an absurd car. Yeah, like a car crash kind of injury he just decided to suit up for. And, and you know, didn't make a peep about it until after the series. And, you know, we found out that, yeah, this was really bad. So I, I don't know if we're going to see Bergeron at 80%, if he's going to be 70%, um, or if he's had a couple of days off and, and whatever situation he has is, is calmed down to the point where he's 90, 95%. Uh, we just don't know. And it's, um, you know, just adds another layer of intrigue to the series. So they say that style makes fights. 
And I was just talking to Alex and Jake before the podcast about something interesting I saw on Natural Stat Trick. Going back to the trade deadline, this will be the matchup of the best five-on-five offense in terms of goals per minute and the best five-on-five defense in terms of goals against per minute. Sure. So, you know, in terms of the unstoppable force versus the immovable object, what do you foresee will happen? Well, I have questions based on that. You know, I want to see if the Panthers, like, because they're such a good team off the rush. I mean, they're, they have such speed. I mean, think of the third line, like the Bruins haven't seen a lot of Anthony Duclair this year, uh, but they know who he is. You know, there's such speed there. Lomberg, incredible speed. You know, they don't need, uh, you know, I think people think of Lomberg as kind of, you know, an agitator guy on, you know, but he's, he can make some plays, um, you know, when you have a veteran like Eric Stahl, if that's the line that they use, I mean, he's, you know, he can be, he can be tough in his own way. I mean, he's not the player that he once was, but certainly, you know, you have that, that veteran know-how, um, know when to expend your energy and when not to. Um, so it's like, I think they go three forward lines deep of guys that can make plays off the rush and, and really make it hard for teams with some finishing talent. I know they didn't finish as much as they wanted to this year, but you know, Carter Hagee had an incredible season. Um, you know, you have, you have a, a finisher, I think on, on your first two lines anyway. Uh, Reinhardt's been really bad, really good against the Bruins as well. So like, I, I just think they're such a dangerous team in transition. And I do wonder if the Bruins, realize that that's how they got burned in the regular season from for the most part i mean there were some kind of odd sneaky goals you know i think of <laughs> that game the uh, you know with the deflections and sam bennett had that uh you know that deflection goal we gotta talk about bennett by the way you know where he is right now um no one really knows it's not yeah. good though it's not good i have to say you know I, I you know big up to george richards i love the man you know we always have a great time whenever i see him but like he's you know, and I like Colby too. And, you know, this isn't like a, I'm not throwing shots at anybody, but you know, it's just, it's, it's just the the type of market where like, you know, up here, every little thing is dissected and like, there's nothing, you know, if, if there's information that people that one person has a question on, it's going to get asked. And I, I'm just like, there's just not the volume of coverage about the Panthers. So I'm kind of just like in the dark here a little bit about Bennett, like what, what happened to him? Well, that's the thing, and, it, and you know, we are the uh, Panther Pre Florida Hockey Now podcast, but so yeah. to keep up for George and Colby a little bit, it's not that the questions aren't being asked; it's that Paul Maurice has not given a straight answer, hmm. and you know, it's just been one of those things where it's like, oh, he, you know, it's an upper body injury; he's nicked up, and you know, it, it, he's day to day, and we expect him, you know, hundred percent next week, and that was okay. a month ago. So, and then when they follow up and it's like, oh, well, you know, he's just not recovering the way we thought. And, and, and it's not just with Sam, but it's every single injury this team has had this year. Paul Maurice has just been the master of non-answers and evasive answers where no one's really being told what's going on with any injury. So with like Sam Bennett, like no one has any idea. He could have a hangnail. He could have a torn labrum, you know, he could be in an an emergency room fighting for his life. And I'm not even like, I'm not saying that jokingly, like, (laughs) No. We just don't know. We're not being told. And the questions are getting asked. They're just not being answered. Yeah. And again, you know, all, all respect to the South Florida Media Corps. I, I you know, I, there's a lot that I know about it, right? And understand it having worked there. Yeah. It, it's so, I mean, he's obviously, I mean, he's a really good player. And I think they'd miss him if he, if he wasn't there. But I, I wonder, I wonder how much, you know, as good as, you know, Barkov's a big dude, you know, uh, Kachuk, obviously, big dude. 
great around the net, great below the circles, um, great with deflections, all of that. I wonder in zone how much the Panthers are going to be able to do against the Bruins because the Bruins are so good at not only denying zone entries, um, you know, as, as you talk, as you guys have talked about, I mean, they're, they're just five on five. They just, they get it done in all areas. What they're going to want to do is just basically if Florida wants to chip it behind them and they'll win races because they have guys like Lindholm and McAvoy and Orlov and, and Grizzly. If he plays, we're not sure if he's going to play. They've been working out Derek Forbert, um, who, by the way, side note, I know, I know, I know I want to stick to the topic here, but Forbert like really got exposed against the Panthers speed this year. And I do wonder if he's going to be in the, in the lineup for game one um, still yet to be cleared, but you know, they really love him on the penalty kill. So I don't know, but I mean, if you chip it in against the Bruins, they're going to win a lot of races. They're going to, you know, use their size and speed to body you off the puck and then just turn it back up the other way. Um, you know, if you try to, if you gain the zone and you establish possession in, in the, in the zone, you know, they have ways to close it off too. They're really good at that. So I, I just, I wonder how Florida is going to, you know, going to, going to eat off of a, you know, if they're going to eat off the rush, are they going to do it in zone? I don't know. I would imagine that they try to get most of what they can off the rush. And if that's the case, I feel like the Bruins can, can shut them down pretty well. They've just done it to everybody. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of teams you know, that have that speed that the Bruins have just neutralized by angling them toward the boards, just winning the puck, using, you know, the help that, they, that comes over in this layered zone defense that they have. Um, they don't play that man-to-man. You know, they, they really know how to play off each other and switch and, and cover zones and, and help each other out. There's always another Bruin, you know, in your face. That's kind of the way that they defend. And I, I just, I don't see that part of it as a great matchup for Florida. I think that, that, they're going to have to find different ways to attack, you know, the Bruins defense, because from what I've seen over 82 games, nobody does it better. Yeah. And even if you do manage to get past that zone, then you're still shooting on Linus Olmark, who's had an absolutely fantastic season, even beyond the shot quality that he's been facing. He's, he's been up to the challenge for everything. And for the record, thank you, Linus Olmark for that. My fantasy team appreciates it. Um, oh, wow. yeah. You didn't see this <laughs> Oh, no, I did not. He was my second goalie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 I took Saros early on. Omar was my second goalie. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, doing okay in that. But, no, I, we didn't think it either in Boston. I mean, we, we knew that he was good. We knew that he was talented. When he signed here two years ago, it was a, you know, a question of, okay, you're getting a guy who was, had three, three coaches and four GMs, or is it four coaches and three GMs in Buffalo, you know, in his six years there? And he had some pretty good numbers despite, you know, being on terrible Buffalo teams back then. Uh, But nobody saw this coming. And it's it's a credit to the Bruins and the way that they've developed them. I think if you're looking at it from the outside, you say, oh, there's this juggernaut team. Of course, he's going to have great numbers. But I mean, honestly, he's one of the reasons why they were so good. There were so many first periods this year where they did not show up. And he was fantastic. He made some bailout saves on breakaways. Nobody in the league is better on breakaways for my money than Linus Allmark. He's he's. If you look at actually the the shootout uh, statistics since 2005 2006, the last I checked, which was like December, he had the best save percentage on shootouts of any goalie ever. So he's really good on breakaways, um, which obviously is going to help you against Florida because you know, boy, Florida can break out. But he, you know, 
when people talk about Allmark, you know, there, I think there's just a little bit of this narrative that he's been a product of the system and that is just absolutely not true. He's been their backbone. If Pasternak wasn't a, if, if Pasternak finished with maybe 50 goals, I'd say that Allmark was their MVP, but just Pasternak just has absolutely gone off this, you know, this down the stretch here and late in the season. Um, and he's their MVP for my money, but Allmark is a close second. I put Lindholm third, uh, by the way. And, um, yeah, just really good. He's been dealing with a little bit of a of kind of a core injury, from what I can tell. Um, they call it upper body. I think it's you know kind of like a you know something strained in his in his midsection, the way it looked um, when he went down a couple of games ago. And and they've been resting him, so they think he's going to be okay. Um, but again, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. To, to, and I do have to, one correction I have to make. I had Jake Ottinger in my, as my first goalie in that league and drafted Omar second. It was a different league that I had Saros. <laughs> Can't hate that either. You, you do goalies no. well. Thank yeah, you. But, I learned from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> but to uh, to close the book on the the, the uh, goalie talk for the Bruins, I mean, you just got an incredible season from ever, any goalie who was in net. So I, I do think part of the Bruins' success or Allmark's success is the system. But that's just like, oh, hey, he's really damn good. And when you add that system in, now you've got the runaway Vesna winner. So I'm not trying yeah. to take away from Allmark. I'm just saying, like, it's a perfect cohesion. And, oh, yeah, you get goal, scar- goal scoring from Linus Allmark. Like, why not? <laughs> there you um, go, yeah. That was that was kind of just – I mean, there's been so many things this season that you're just like, man, that happened too, didn't it? And it's like that was that was one of them, you know, Linus Allmark scoring a, scoring a goal. Um, yeah, it just – Fantastically memorable uh, for anybody up here, for sure. This whole entire run. Well, those are the things that kind of happened during a you know President's Cup winning season, which like the Panthers fans just experienced it last year. You know, for us, it was all of these you know multi-goal comebacks or these third periods where the Panthers would just absolutely overwhelm teams. Like you just get those memorable moments. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on the Panthers goalies because I know we want to spend some time on special teams. What are the Bruins expecting from the Panthers? Do they think it's going to be Alex Lyon? Are they getting prepared for Bobrovsky? And how much of an issue do you think goaltending is going to be for the Panthers in this series? You know, I just don't know how to answer that. Um, Because, like, Montgomery, Jim Montgomery has some familiarity with Lyon because he coached against him in the USHL when Lyon was really good then. Yeah. This is a decade ago. Uh, but I don't think anybody really knows Alex Lyon and, and what he's good at. However, the Bruins have a secret weapon in their assistant coach for goalies, Bob Asenza. They call him Goalie Bob. He is the master of the pre-scout. He's been doing it since 2003. He's, he's been in place. He's developed Tim Thomas, Tuka Rask into Vezina, you know, Vezina caliber goalies, Vezina winning goalies. Um, you know, he's done incredible work with, with Allmark and Swayman. Um, the man just knows goalies. And so I think, you know, if there's any way to exploit him, you know, Lyon, I think the Bruins are going to be all over that. Um, you, there's just too much proof of concept there uh, for, for the way that they scout. And in 2019, they faced Sergei Bobrovsky in a six-game series um, in Columbus. They got to him. They found ways to... Uh, I think the quote was dent dent him was uh, what uh, what John Tortorella, the, the Jackets coach at the time, was saying. You know, they they thought that uh, they had dented Tuka Rask, uh, but in turn, it, it turns out that they that was only a one off, and and uh, the Bruins and you know were were uh, finding ways to beat Bobrovsky over over six games. So 
I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows what to expect from, from Bobrovsky right now, or what goalie they're going to get. I mean, you guys would be able to speak to this, but um, if it's Alex Lyon, I think there's a lot of respect there based on the, the run that he's been on over the past, you know, couple months here, um, you know, or several weeks, however, however long, um, you know, it's been impressive down the stretch. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, the Bruins aren't lacking for confidence. Let's put it that way. I mean, they're, they're not, uh, they're not going to give up what they do. They're going to try to hang on to the puck in the offensive zone and, and look for really good opportunities and, and backdoor plays and cross slot plays. Um, you know, they're not going to, they're not a volume shooting team. So if Lyon is the type of goalie that, you know, wants to, to feel the puck, uh, you know, that's not really what they're all about. They're plenty comfortable, you know, having a, an eight or 10 shot first period as they try to figure out ways to attack. And then, you know, uh, coming on stronger as the game goes on. So, um, I think it's going to be, you know, online to show what he's got. Um, you know, this is a high octane team they, you know, they have a lot of weapons, uh, a lot of guys that have stepped up this year and, uh, you know, guys like Taylor Hall hanging out on their third line. So it's, um, it's an impressive, uh, attack that they've, that they've had all season. Must be nice. <laughs> I know yeah. that Taylor Hall's, I mean, Taylor Hall is a recent MVP, semi-recent MVP, but he hasn't been Taylor Hall, by the way. I mean, he's been he's been hurt a lot of the year he's had finishing trouble. And so I, I, I don't think he's a, you know, the threat that people think he is, but still there's a lot of talent there and a lot of skating speed. Yeah. So people who have followed the Panthers like us all year will know that they spend the least amount of time at five on five of any team in the league. So in terms of the special teams, and if people want to hear more about this, I'm going into it because of you talking about it on the PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. So We'll try not to cannibalize that material a little bit, but this Bruins team is going to spend a lot of time on special teams in this series, unless the referees have uh, you know, faulty vision Mm because Panthers will get penalized and they will take a lot of penalties. So why don't you tell us about the, uh, the Bruins special teams and where they succeed and where they fail at those responsibilities typically. Yeah, it's funny. They, they, they're, they've been better to finish the season the last couple of weeks here, but they went through a stretch from like, December, January, February, where they just were just really bad. It didn't look good. The entries weren't good. They were passing it around too much. They were turning down looks they should have they should have put on net. It's almost like, you know, for a team that's been so confident all year, that was like the one spot where you're like, do they really feel like they can score on the power play consistently enough? And then, you know, you think about 2011 when the Bruins won the cup, they had a bad power play. It wasn't even just like middling. It was bad. Um, they brought in Thomas Caberlet at the deadline to fix their power play issues. And, you know, he was a fine player, but he certainly didn't fix the power play issues. I, I forget. They were like something like 11 or 12 percent, you know, when they won the Stanley Cup um, in the postseason. So um, I think there's that kind of feeling that, hey, we don't really need a power play. But, you know, until you do. Right. So they are when at full strength, um, if if Patrice Bergeron is playing He's in the middle in that bumper position, and there are a few players that do it better than he does. I'm thinking like a Joe Pavelski, but you know Bergeron is so good with the one timer, the quick one timer that they feed him in the slot. He's excellent at you know playing that middle zone point guard position where he's just getting it, you know, relieving the pressure, um, you know, playing catch with guys, trying to set up you know three or four moves ahead. Um, they have one of the ultimate weapons in the league in David Pasternak. If you're looking at the net, he's in the left circle and he's got that 
incredible one-timer, which is so hard and so accurate. Uh, I haven't gone back and looked at how many one-timer goals he scored from there this year, but it's been a ton. Um, so 61 goal scorer, I mean, say no more. Brad Marchand on the other flank, he's, you know, the the king of, of winning puck battles in tight spaces, taking on two defenders, trying to, you know, maybe getting through those guys, shifting the formation and drawing attention just a little bit, just enough to free up space on the other side. They love to have Marchand hold the puck and then get it up top quick and then feed it over to Pasternak for the one-timer. Um, you know, even if that shot doesn't go in, you know, they still win so many puck races and, and battles. Um, you know, they have so much, they, they're, they're so cohesive as a unit that they can back each other up and just chip a puck and, and you know, get it back that way. That's when they're at their best. When it doesn't look good, you know, it's, it's, it's one and done type of stuff, like a lot of failing power plays. But uh, when they're on, boy, is it tough to deal with. And in the front lately, they've had either Jake DeBrusque or Tyler Bertuzzi, both really good players at that net front area. Um, winning pucks back below the goal, tips, deflections, uh, quick shots on net, um, forehand, backhand kind of craftiness there. Uh, I like DeBrusque there just because he's a better finisher than Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi's more of a facilitator. Um, but, you know, one of those guys is going to be on your second unit as well, which has guys like Pavel Zaka, who's a 60-point guy this year. Um, Charlie Coyle, who's really leveled up and, and is just a possession monster. Um, and uh, David Krejci, who, you know, really is a first unit player playing on the second unit. So it's impressive. I mean, their their depth is is immense. Um, you know, the deepest, really certainly like the that. deepest power play in the league. Um, you know, not the best. That's obviously Edmonton. We know what they're. Yeah, yeah. It's a power play that I wonder where their confidence is. Um, you know, if they start to, you know, go 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 1 for 5 to start the series, uh, where are they going to be? Uh, but it's when they're at their best, they're really impressive and they're going to set up David Pasternak for a lot of one-timers. Yeah. It's, it's going to be uh, really interesting. So Matt, uh, one of the other things that I did want to talk about just in terms of the, the head to head matchup is uh, the Panthers are one of the very, very few teams to have beaten Boston multiple times this season. Granted, that was also due to neither team being healthy at the time, at the times, uh, but uh, it seems like health is also kind of a problem here. We were talking about all the Bergeron maybe uh, maybe dealing with something, and Bennett's on IR, and neither team's going to come into the series fully healthy. Uh, is that something that the Bruins are thinking about, that, hey, like, yeah, we feel like we can beat anyone, especially when we play at our best, but these these guys are one of the only teams that beat us more than once this season. Uh, is that is that a conversation going on in the room uh, in Boston? You know, yeah. I mean, it just makes them respect the Panthers, right? I mean, they're a dangerous team. I think that's that's the way that that they're viewed in Boston is that they're they're they can be deadly off the rush. They have high end talent, especially up at forward. You know, they can they can make it tough on you, and they're they can obviously come back and you know win comeback games there when you win the president's trophy and you know how hard it is you respect the other teams that have done the same thing and obviously you look at the panthers and, and what they were able to do over 82 games and the bruins know how hard that is the, the focus that it de- that it demands you know where you're really you're just finding ways each and every night i mean that's the mark of a really good team so i think there's that respect there even with the trades and you know all of the offseason stuff that happened in florida um you know the, the there's just still so much talent there um you know the bruins 
I, I asked a little bit about those games the other day and, and kind of what they think happened, you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, Florida was, you know, what, pretty much 500 uh, when they, when the Bruins came in in late January and, you know, the Bruins, you know, Pasternak scores that goal with 51 seconds left, the go ahead goal. And, you know, the Bruins just didn't close it out and that's not their brand. It wasn't their brand, you know, entering that game. And, and, you know, it's not the way they've done it all season long. So it was kind of a slap in the face. Jim Montgomery said, you know, that's, that's a game that helped us get better. You know, having that happen to us where Barkov scores at three seconds left on a six on five, the Bruins can't clear the zone. They can't make a play. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a bad bounce there, you know, goes right to Barkov and, you know, Carlo tries to clear it. He can't, um, you know, and then 17 seconds in overtime, Reinhardt finishes it. So it's, that was a game that, that they let slip away. They felt, um, you know, you could say that the Panthers were good enough to, to win that game and, and give them the respect that they deserve. But from the Bruins side, I mean, they, they, they felt that they learned from that game, um, that they're not going to let that happen again. So it's like there have been these loose games where the Bruins haven't been as tight as they want to be. You know, it's been too much kind of back and forth action. Um, the Bruins are, they can play that style, but that's not their game totally. You know, they're more of a lock it down team, possession hockey, you know, don't trade chances, that sort of thing. And they kind of got into those types of games with the Panthers. And I think they're going to try to not do that. Um, Ottawa was another team that they, you know, for some reason, you know, just the back and forth, they got into these trade chances games that they don't like to do. So I would imagine that that's going to be a huge focus of them entering this series is cleaning that up. And obviously when you get the lead, lock it down. Like they've done so many times elsewhere, you know, just not against the Panthers. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that game because I think it's a pretty universal thought that that game was the turning point for the Panthers this year. That was their first come from behind win of the season. They had not, you know, I talked about earlier, that team came back in third, you know, four goal, third period deficits. Like it was nothing. They had zero third period comebacks leading up to that game. And I think they had like a handful of them since. So it's like that game kind of fixed the Panthers season. So it's interesting that that game was such a mile marker for both teams. Are we sure it wasn't just the JetBlue jerseys that did it or? Uh, well, they were 2-0 against the Bruins in those Jet Blues, uh, which were apparently are not going to be seen during the playoffs this year, even though everybody loves them. They they were 2-0. I kind of heard weren't, but I believe they were 2-0. No, they were 2-0. I said they were 2-0 yeah. against the Bruins. Yeah, my, my, it was my the only two games they won in them. I think that's a questionable decision, honestly. I mean, entering the playoffs. like I, I mean, if you have a weapon like that, you have to deploy it. I, yeah, agree. I completely agree. Completely Just reminds agree. me of it reminds me of like David Booth for some reason, those jerseys. <laughs> that was the David Booth era where they had the light blue jerseys. Yeah. So, Matt, uh, I don't think that there's anything else that we're going to get into on the series besides the banal stuff that you're probably going to do on every podcast hit this week. The last thing on my agenda is the trade deadline acquisitions the Bruins made. You already kind of talked about Garnet mm. Hathaway, but the big one is Dmitry Orlov. He was mm. a guy that we kind of like had our eyes on. And this was never going to be a trade deadline that the Panthers were going to go all in on. I mean, how could they have done that? But at the same time, Orlov is a guy that really could fix a lot of their problems. And I'm sure he's fixing whatever problems existed on the Bruins at that time, which were probably, you know, maybe three bullet points on the list and nothing more. So how have those guys integrated and made the team stronger? He's so good, man. Like, geez. Like, I, I remember watching him in Washington and thinking like, 
he's a perfect Bruin. Like I thought, I felt this about Garnet Hathaway way more. I mean, because like you look at Hathaway, perfect Bruin, like in your face, like plays that, that, you know, chippy style, call it dirty if you want, like just terrible to play against. Um, but I love, I loved watching Orloff in, in Washington. So good at five on five does everything very well. If not excellent cannon of a shot, tough, mean, um, he makes, he, he's done exactly what the Bruins needed, which is, you know, you play like, I love Matt Grizzlick as a player. His metrics are incredible at five on five, but he's not going to play on the power play on this team. He's not going to play in the penalty kill on this team. And he's not really a top four guy. Like he has the chemistry with McAvoy because they played at BU together. They've known each other forever. Um, and they work really well off of one another, but he's really like a third pair guy and adding Orloff slots everybody down, which, you know, obviously it would have done for Florida as well, which, you know, would have been a, a really great addition for them. Um, you know, you maybe move like Mark Stahl down, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but now you have Lindholm doesn't have to play with McAvoy when you're loading up, you know, it's, it's now it's Lindholm and Carlo. And that makes Brandon Carlo so much better because he was a guy that was really struggling when he was paired with Derek Forbert. There's no offensive game in that pair whatsoever. You know, now you add uh, Dimitri, uh, you know, you add Hampus Lindholm to the Brandon Carlo pair, you know, let Lindholm carry the offense and Carlo can more focus on his defense. I know it's not that simple in hockey, but that really is kind of the way that it's worked out. Um, and Orlov and McAvoy are, are just, I mean, what aren't you getting with that pair? I mean, you're getting playmaking, skating, <laughs> physical ability, um, just play killing excellence, uh, you know, when they're defending and they kickstart the rush, you know, better than any pair I've seen in a long time here in Boston. And you can play Orlov on his offside as well. I mean, he, he has no problem doing that. Like some, some defensemen really struggle when they move to their offside. Um, and he doesn't, uh, he's, you know, he did it in Washington. He's done it here. So it, it's, it's really been in, um, a huge addition. I don't think that they're going to be able to resign him. That's kind of the, you know, the silver lining, if you're a fan of another team watching this Bruins team is, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes in the offseason. They got a lot of a lot of guys that are that need contracts and a David Pasternak extension at 11.5 uh, kicking in or 11.25, excuse me, kicking in uh, next year. You know, I, I think Orlov is going to get six. You know, he might get six times six from somebody. So if the Panthers have an opening, I'll take you know, him. Yep. yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's ready to, you know, to, to join the. Uh, you know, the, all the Russians in South Florida, you know, that, that live there. Um, I, I don't know, but just for right now, uh, the ideal addition. Uh, and then, you know, we talk about other additions as well. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, um, you know, didn't really know what to expect. I mean, this is a guy that broke both of his hands this year um, early in the season and his numbers have been bad. You know, he, he only played in like 29 games in, in Detroit, you know, when, when it was at the trade deadline. So it missed about 20, 25 games, something like that. Um, you know, only had four goals, uh, you know, coming in. But instantly, you know, in Boston, he's been this guy that he just he, – he's a great third wheel on a line because he's got the puck. He makes that, that forward play that sets up the play – you know, the primary assist. I mean, he's a great secondary assist guy. He can definitely dish it for, you know, a scoring chance, but just so smart in reading the flow of the play, you know, 
putting the puck into an area or finding a guy who's uncovered. Like he's just such a good playmaker. I didn't really know that about him. I thought of him as more of just kind of pissant agitator guy, you know, and he's definitely got that in his game, but that's not really what he's brought to the Bruins. He hasn't had to be, you know, this, this kind of drag you into the fight agitator guy. Um, you know, he's just been pretty much a pure playmaker and versatile as well. Play the left side, the right side. He might be up in the top six. He might be on the third line uh, as the right winger for Taylor Hall and, and Charlie Coyle. Um, either way, great addition. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him, so I, I don't see how they can afford him. Um, but for right now, I mean, just a, a fantastic addition. And the the, the glow-up of Don Sweeney this year has been pretty incredible. I mean, you you take if you take aside the Mitchell Miller thing, you know, and and some people can't, but if you if you you know ignore that, I mean, his hit rate is like ninety nine percent on pretty much everything he's done this year. It's been really impressive. Um, people that don't pay attention or like sports talk radio hacks in this town want to dog him for the twenty fifteen draft where he missed on all of those guys. You know, it's been written about a whole bunch. Uh, oh shit! The Bruins could get. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And yeah, and that was a huge miss, but it's like Jake DeBrusque, you know, is like a 30 goal guy now. So I don't know, maybe he hit on one of them and, and but he's been really good. Um, so I, I got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, it, it was all, it was almost like that draft gave him the kick he needed to kind of reevaluate how he was doing the draft. And ever since then, he hasn't been missing much. Yeah, well, he just got on the job, too. That's the thing people don't realize. Like he was just hired like that really wasn't he was the AGM. So he definitely had plenty of input, but. You know, he wasn't making the final calls on that draft, really. It was more of the scouts and, and everything like that. But anyway, that's a this isn't a Bruins podcast, so who cares about that? I think the only thing left is the banalities of what's your series prediction, right? Oh, well, it's all right. You can say it, Panthers and five. Boston, <laughs> Boston, your Boston sports uh, followers are not going to hear this podcast. That's say true. Panthers and five. That is true. Um, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, Panthers in five, but I didn't know if it was going to be clipped and uh, you know put on put out there. Oh, no, I, and you just said it, so we can clip it. <laughs> like do like yeah, do like a fake lip reading thing. No, uh, <laughs> I you know I've been going back and forth. Like I just because of the goaltending, like I I don't like I thought that it was going to be Bruins and six over the Islanders because of Sorokin, and they would leave with a bunch of ice bags on. Like it would be a physical series, and they'd kind of. You know, they, they'd get all banged up. I'm not sure that I see that happening here. I want to say Bruins in five. They're a really good team. Like, they're, and it's not anybody that's saying, like, yeah, President's Trophy curse, like, just isn't paying attention. I mean, this team has been to the finals multiple times in the last decade. You know, guys like Bergeron, I mean, Nick Felino, I mean, is a 35 year old former captain of the, you know, of the, of the Blue Jackets. Like, this is it. They, they have so many guys that just like, they're not going to let that happen. They've been there. They've done that. They know this is their last ride. I don't know, man. It's it's is really it, hard for me to to think of the Panthers as anything but a team that's going to get run over here. Uh, that's that's fair. And you said, is it the last ride? Because I feel like it's they've been saying last ride for this this Bruins team for a yeah. while. <laughs> I, I, I'm expecting Bergeron and Krejci back on one year minimum deals next year. I, I could see with Bergeron. I don't know about Krejci. I think Krejci, like I've. You know, I've been around him after games, like on the road, you know, where you get like, you can walk with somebody to the bus, that kind of thing off the locker room. You know, it's right. not just press conferences and stuff. And like, 
I mean, he's limping, you know, like it's, he's like, I, I remember Luongo's last year's in Florida where like, we'd have to wait for him like 40 minutes after, you know, because he was getting IV treatment, you know, like it, it's, it's not that level with Krejci, but like, you can tell, like it's, it takes a lot for him to, to play. And, you know, Bergeron, you know, he's way more, obviously he's very private about everything. And like, you know, you'll never really know how bad he's hurting, but it's like, you know, it takes a lot for him to get going to same with Marshan. Bergeron's still so good that I feel like he can come back and play next year. Krejci, I mean, he's the talent still there, but is the will there? Um, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, this team is, you know, the next wave, I think this year has proven to them that the next wave is here and it's coming with guys like Zaka and, you know, Lynn Paul McAvoy, Pasternak, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it's going to be a sad day for them when Bergeron and Krejci do hang them up. But I mean, that day soon and they know it, you know, this is going to be, this is their best chance to win a Stanley cup for, for this group. It's a, it's a year where everything has come together and I don't think they're going to for a second, you know, let that go to waste. All right. Well, we all know it's Panthers anyway. <laughs> go cats guys anything else for matt before we get out or is there anything you want to plug i mean i'll plug the infield there you uh, go there you go see you there yeah uh i think yeah g-man's buying i will plug the sawgrass mall because that's where i'm gonna be for a lot of this i'm staying out there that's rare for me i usually stay in hollywood beach uh because that that hotel there is fantastic um, you're right on, you know, you're right on the broadwalk there. Let's see. I will plug, I'll plug Sergio's because <laughs> we live right near one and, uh, we'd always go to get, you know, random whatever meals, um, you know, and a colada. Yeah. I'll plug the idea of a colada because I love drinking one just to my head, you know? And, uh, oh, I got to plug the Kendall Ice Arena champions, the Boozers, that year that we won the title. That was fantastic. That's actually never happened. Yes, it has. I was there. For not against of... me. No, not against <laughs> you. I don't know. We need to set the record straight. Like, I don't, you know, like no cap, as they say. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever beaten you, actually. I think, I feel like I might have. Your team beat me once or twice, but I think you only have like one, maybe two goals against me. And that's more because you were a defenseman, not anything else. But like right. that was also, you know, pre-transplant where I was not at my physical best, but I was still playing hockey. I've medically oh. retired since then. Yeah. Um, so you can you can claim it was you that got me retired. But no, it was, you know, the whole kidney disease thing. But wow, yeah, um, yeah uh, no, I think you've got me like once or twice in terms of actual goals. And then your team, like a couple of times I and mean, we played each other so many times, they all kind of run together i mean there was only like one team where i remember like they never beat me i even had like a five shutout streak against me that yeah. team that had the crazy guy who would always like quit with like five minutes left when his team was losing that big guy yeah. you know yeah. what i'm talking about right yeah i absolutely do i don't obviously i don't know his name he was just that dude that like just got mad and yelled at everybody and tried to fight and stuff yeah uh, no that uh, yeah i'll plug kendall ice arena because i guess like because it's the Why only option I'll plug the um the random guy that I used to get my skates done. What was his name? Bob Diamond. Bob the Diamond. Legend loves Bob Diamond. Diamond Sharp Hockey. Um, I will plug uh, and I guess I'll also plug the Boston Globe because that's where I work. That's what's giving me the opportunity to witness this uh this season and uh this series 
And if you want to check out my work, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Maddie Ports, M-A-T-T-Y-P-O-R-T-S. I will definitely, I'll have stuff for you to think about, uh, hopefully entertain you. And uh, yeah, I'll have takes on South Florida because I live there and I love it. Yeah, he's an honorary Miami guy, so support yeah. him. Give him a follow on Twitter at least. Um, you're gonna get on. Um, you're gonna get bias coverage, but at least it's covering no place. Bias coverage. Oh, oh come on! I've seen you many times say that wasn't a penalty, and I'm like Marshawn slew footing somebody. Come on, man! No, no way. That's not. That's definitely not me. Come on. I, I also, by the way, if if my coverage seems a little too positive, they just had the fucking greatest regular season in history of the NHL. So. Um, Minor at detail. a certain point, yeah, at a certain point, you know, I'm not going to be this like contrarian. It's like, I'm just going to call it like I see it. And they've been, yeah, it's been special for sure. Yeah, well, it has. Well, you can read Matt Porter in the Palm Beach Post. Oh, wait a minute. That, that, <laughs> was, a, that was a little while ago. You could read Matt Porter in the Boston Globe. Go Canes, cool. baby. I, I mean, Matt, you left how long ago? Uh, 2018 was my last year. So like I left after the spring game of 2018. And that was the last time the Palm Beach Post posted an article about the Florida Panthers. That's probably true. Oh my it, God. It is true. They haven't done anything on the playoffs yet. It's sad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. When I met, yeah. And, and I don't know if this is stuff we want to keep in, but, uh, wait, Here, we, let, let's, la- let's land, the, let's land the plane. We'll get off the record and then, yeah. <laughs> um, We'll clap again. So everybody to make sure to rate us five stars at the uh, Kudoba near Boylston Street and the Common. <laughs> is it a good spot? Yeah. If it's still there, I don't even know if it is. I, have I haven't no been idea. there in a minute. But no. uh, that's that was my go-to in Boston, down the street from uh, Emerson College, where my sister and one of my best friends went. So I was there. And, and your times. podcast guest. That's as well. right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Forgot about that. Go Lions. Uh, Go Lions. Anyway, Emerson College, Emerson College hockey captain, 2005, 2008. There we go. There you go. Rate us five stars on whatever Emerson app they use to rate things. <laughs> and we'll see you uh, after game one. Yep. Cheers, y'all. Thanks.